Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about... The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The Programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the program at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Episode 180 of the Rust School Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today I have Ben Meredith, Bryn Monroe, Lydia Nicholas, and Helen Gould. And who are you playing? Zolf Smith, Hamid Salah Harun Al Tahan, Sel Sidebottom, and Azu. And everything's fine. Everyone's had like two square meals yeah. and a night's sleep apart from Zolf, because you know, Zolf. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've had a night's sleep now. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, even you've had a night's sleep now. Alex, you gave us a recovery night's sleep, a kind of recovery chill out day, and then another night's sleep. Yeah, a bonus night's sleep. Yeah. Like, we didn't, you, we didn't we even didn't have even to roll will, will saves for the second crazy. one. 
I and did anyone know notice, could, by I, the way, that the uh, the second that that rest day started, I was like, I don't know what this looks like. Yeah. Help me, people. What what was on do with these? <laughs> but thankfully, I've managed to get everyone back into a room for conversation. And the young person has been holding their breath for a whole week. <laughs> oh, they they gone properly blue. Actually, oh, it's awful. No, okay. So what I am going to do then is pick up, unsurprisingly, exactly where we left off. The young person speaks. Mm. I, Cantu, representative of Kaltesh, pleased to welcome you all. And they look a little bit nervous for a moment. They look to the older ones who just sort of give a, give a benign nod. Aww. And I am here to first offer you uh, formal greetings. Um, I know that you have all been here a long time and I am pleased that you have been able to be helped we now are here to sit and discuss everything they sit down abruptly the uh potentially oldest looking one this is a extremely uh elderly looking uh man completely bald pate quite uh shrunken in on themselves they stand and uh take a moment settle themselves this is well said. I, Konta, representative of Numi Torum, would like to discuss what it is that you intend. What are your goals? Uh, why are you here? What is your purpose, I suppose? They very slowly sit and then settle themselves down again. Does Erhart go to speak? Erhart looks around, takes a moment to look at Wild, who gives a sort of, sure, go-ahead shrug, Erhart actually looks to use Ulf as well and again gives a sort of yeah I'll, I'll give her a go and get on with it sort of <laughs> hand gesture <laughs> Erhart takes a moment stands hesitates takes her hat off hey I'm Erhard. that you know what I'm not I'm not gonna go through all the names we'll be here a while we're passing through well we were passing through we're on our way to basically distant lands and the Borealis kind of ate my ship. We crashed, and we're here. We we appreciate the help. Don't get me wrong, but uh, we don't actually have any um, intentions towards you beyond. I think I speak for everyone. Making good on the assistance you've rendered, which we obviously hugely appreciate. We we, we weren't here for you, she says kind of bluntly. But it's a good thing that we found you. Well, you found us. Thank you. Air sits. The uh, sort of council on the far side take a moment and then they sort of lean in and give uh, basically a, mu- a muttered council amongst themselves. Can I very briefly clarify the language this is taking place in? I assume that there has been some spells cast. The fact that the council and Sora have spoken so hesitantly, I've been assuming is because when you use comprehend languages and tongues and stuff, there is not perfect translation and they're very that's aware exactly, of that that's not exactly that the situation kind of, right okay yeah so what has happened I, again I've, I've skipped over this for the sake mm. of brevity but it's a fair point is peeking behind mechanics curtain there is a druidic spell which basically mm. is share language bang bang oh, we share cool. a language however that doesn't necessarily give again perfect translation things right, like right. that I am working under the assumption because it's comparatively easy for them to do and mm. they have spell slot for days mm. that <laughs> it is beyond mm. trivial for people to just make sure that everyone in the room is sharing a language. Yeah. 
I am just going to continue just saying that, like, that is the case because it lasts, like, 24 hours each. Okay. They can cast sure. it on multiple people, so it, it's, it's very easy. And everyone's just, like, working hard to avoid idioms and stuff. Yeah, to be like, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to use the universal basic communication yeah there's there's a reason that people are being quite basic is if it was like it's raining cats and dogs everyone would be like what yeah do you ride the cats and the dogs from the (laughs) sky because why did you put them up there like that yeah Yeah. they're trying to avoid that kind of thing it's very obvious I would say as well, whilst they're discussing, is Kantu, who is the, the, the youngest one who first spoke, mm. their face can be read like a book. Mm. Their heart is on their sleeve. They're very expressive. They swing wildly between great enthusiasm to, oh, yes, yes, no, that's a serious concern. Oh, but there is this, yeah. Oh, but that's a serious concern as well. Like, they haven't quite mastered the art of the, uh, the, the council poker face, let's say. Mm. The others are comparatively inscrutable. Even Sora, actually, she seems to sort of close down a little bit. Eventually, a different representative stands. This one, a very, very elderly woman. Seems to be similar in age to the uh, to Konda, who, who spoke last. I am Shoshva, a representative of Kalateshkva. It is true that we have offered you a assistance, and we recognise your offer of mutual assistance. There are a few ways that this could be rendered that we would appreciate but not expect. We assume you would wish to repair your vessel. Is this the case? But yeah. Yes, please. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Poor Alex. You're just being five people. <laughs> My heart goes out to you. It's fine. Mm. I'll chuck Earhart off the bear and then it'll be Ben's job to do all this. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> if we were able to accelerate your journey, would this be a, a, a positive to you or...? Is your journey one where the the time is not an issue? Earhart just kind of turns to everyone. Yes. Yes, quick. Yes. V- very, very much so. Can you teleport us? Yeah, how? If this means like climbing in a cannon and getting fired across <laughs> a continent, like that's fast, but that's not necessarily a solution to the... Really, Captain? I, I, I don't know. We have ways of doing this for some of you to do so for all would be a great difficulty um, perhaps I sort of look to Zolfan Wild perhaps we should explain the whole situation as best we're able to how long have they got Um... (laughs) Uh, Earhart pipes up I am not explaining the entirety of the situation myself this uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't I'm just saying I'm not that person. We can just say we're looking for a cure for a disease. That would get the well, thing across. We still don't exactly know the eventual purpose of the people with the blue veins, and they might one day be a danger to the people here, and if that ends up being the oh. case, these people deserve a warning, apart from anything else. Okay. Oh, true. I hate being the one to do the talking. Okay, um... You're the captain. I know, I know. I like <laughs> captaining, not... If you'd like to delegate, delegate captaining, uh, Mr. Smith, please. <laughs> right. Oh, great. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, Zolf, you're also allowed to delegate, but <laughs> I just, I'm just get this done quickly. Right. Okay. Um, there are down south, basically, most of I know Europe. Does that mean much? We understand uh, what you're referring. All right. Lot to. of North Africa. Basically, he's been taken over seemingly by some sort of, we don't know what, disease, whatever. 
people are being mind controlled i guess maybe to some unknown purpose and basically the continent has devolved into war a war which we're losing we're working to try and find a a solution to this problem we don't know if it will become a problem for you lot up here don't even know if the the blue vein lot know that you exist so i don't know but fair warning and yes uh, we would like to go quick time is a little bit of the essence um how many people can you send sora stands up uh i sora representative of uh, the the claude one would ask what what is the nature of this malady you speak of blue veins etc there have been maladies before why why how do you seek to end a sickness at its source? What is your? There is some weird technology behind it. I guess maybe we genuinely don't know that much. It's not a disease, and it ain't a magical disease. You speak of blue veins. Yeah. Could you explain? People got blue veins if they've got the thing, and they don't know how to be embarrassed and stuff. They've got what, like what? What? What is the nature of the malady? Do they? Uh, do they sicken? Do they wither? Do they? Do they shake? Do they do they perish? They're mind-controlled. They are working against their friends and family, their loved ones. They know they have all the memories, but none of the feelings, but they can fake that reasonably well, except for, like, surprise and embarrassment and stuff. And, yeah, it's very difficult to identify, which is why, basically, most of, if not all of Europe is kind of gone. Sora looks slightly concerned. The older members of the council are utterly inscrutable. Cantu, the youngest, clear, like, no roles required, clearly suspects something and is mortified. Like, just it's just obvious, like, plain as day written on their face. Well, like, they're embarrassed. Interesting. But even more, more like, not only that this is awful, but that they think they know something extra. Like they, they just clearly do. It's so obvious. They keep looking at the, at the rest of the council members. Like, am I the only, anyone noticing? <laughs> the people who have the blue veins, they are coordinated. They seem to seek to infect further people to work together to expand their control. As far as I'm aware, we don't know what the limits of that expansion will be. Where I was brought up, we were always taught that no one lived in this area, that we've obviously just met you and that was a lie or or ignorance taught to us and perhaps the people with the blue veins have the same belief, but my fear is that they will seek to expand forever and may end up expanding in this direction. I think that it behooves all people to try and work out a way to, to deal with that problem. We've been investigating... For a while, our last investigation happened uh, far in the east and we were heading back west and north to try and pursue the next step in the investigation. But the truth is, is we have, we've always been short of information. We don't, we've never really understood exactly what the malady is. All we know is that people are, we, we use the language of disease as that how it seems to spread, but it is not exactly a disease. It People do not develop the blue vein straight away, and one of the major weapons of this 
enemy forces to infect someone and to have them infiltrate before the blue veins appear. To, the to... elderly woman who has not yet spoken raises her hand to stop you? Yeah, Hamid stops instantly. This woman has a shock of uh, white hair, very similar to uh, Wild and Sasser and so on. Again, this is like a, a very pure, burnished white. They tentatively stand as well. I, uh, Sumutniel, representative of Yerlik, would ask these people uh, with their with their malady, do they act as one? Yeah. Yes. She sort of gestures to your hand. Sorry, gestures with her hand to like hold and sit, and then they have a council basically amongst themselves and muttering again. Again, Cantu bless them. Again, can be easily read like a book. They seem mortified like it looks like they're simultaneously like afraid actively afraid very very concerned very very worried very confused this is clearly a bombshell that the others are giving you sort of nothing on and Cantu's like what are we gonna do oh no <laughs> and they're all like it's fine everything's fine it's not though is it because of the big secret like <laughs> they're really really just broadcasting loud and clear intriguing at which point, the first elderly uh, man who spoke stands up again. I, Conda, representative of Numitorum, thank you for your for your conversation and for your honesty. We believe we have relevant information that we can share that should behoove both of us. But before we do so, we must also let you know um, we received a visitor uh, soon after yourselves. Mm-hmm. Not in itself an impossibility, but certainly a... Though I may represent Numitorum, I do not always assume coincidence versus destiny. These things are more often guided by people. What? What did they look like? They are as, as, as you, to a degree. They are orcish. Oh! They claim to know yourself, Azu. <gasps> uh... Though we are normally <laughs> so welcoming, we are hesitant to believe this is coincidence. Did they give a name? They uh, described themselves as a Chinhua. <gasps> oh! As he does exactly what I just did and just covers like <laughs> half her face with her hands. They asked that they might speak with you of utmost importance. We took a liberty of confirming no in- ill intent before we might make you aware for fear that you were perhaps pursued by one who had caused your crash, something similar. We, we knew very little. Everything you have said broadly agrees. We think it might be best that you meet this person before we continue our discussions. How is this relevant to the malady? They claim that this meeting with Azu would be of the utmost importance with regards to the, the malady. Oh, no. Oh, what if they found us? Oh. They claimed that they came with answers that they might assist you and provide assistance. Who, we who can't trust this, this. person, Azu. Yeah, wait, how did they get here? Did they Did they just appear? Was there a, a, a weird man with them? <laughs> <laughs> Condat looks at you for a moment and goes, yes, they were not seen to appear as such, but when they were first seen, there was a... A stranger with them, a cowled figure who then disappeared. A weird shouting mat? No, what cowled? A cowled, cowled? figure. They wore a, a, a. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what cowled yeah. means. Oh. 
Do we need to to suggest quarantine protocols yep. at this point? Yep. Azu oh, gets no. up and starts pacing around the room. She's wringing her hands. Right, okay, one thing then. We don't know how this malady is spread. We have literally no idea. All we know is that the symptoms usually appear after about seven days. So we can only trust this person if after seven days they don't show any symptoms. Um, And by the by, the blue veins can manifest anywhere on the body. So, you know... This Chinhua claimed that the uh, veins, as you put them, would appear first uh, beneath the eyelids within a day. That's new. I'll look at Wild. Oh. Wild's like, I mean, I've, I've been out of the loop for a while. Like, that could be true. I don't know that that's demonstrably not true. But that's also a really good lie if it isn't true. Yes, it is. So, no, we need to wait seven days and then we can trust them after seven days days and that might be new intel but wild sort of stands have you has this person been wandering freely have they have, have they met everyone in 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 the town like what what happened here no once they were they were found as they did not announce themselves nor were they invited they were kept aside lest they wish ill you'll need to quarantine everyone who who came in contact i suppose um oh it'll be my fault as who who is this person no it's my Ex, fiance, man, oh. the my Potter. As you quickly, it's not your fault. No, because we, of course we are not. here. It is collectively. Yes, but he's Cantu. Sort of stands, even though they're the first person to stand while someone else is standing, and just kind of looks meaningfully at Konda, who then settles down. But Cantu rattles it out. Uh, I Cantu, representative of Caltes. Um, so. With with the greatest respect, do we need to take action immediately? Uh, are we saying yes. that we should absolutely ensure that this person does not leave and that they are kept where they are and that anyone who has been with them is themselves isolated? Yes. yes. Uh, I would formally request that this council be stopped so that we can take such action and then reconvene. The rest of the council take a moment, slowly raise their hands. Uh, so uh, obviously a little bit quicker. Cantu looks to all of you, gives us a slight head bow. Uh, I thank you and, and beg your forgiveness and then just sprints out out of the council tent. <laughs> just legs it. <laughs> oh no. Shoshva pipes up. This is the uh, older, older woman. You will forgive, of course. Cantu's vigour. It, it has its place in important matters. Oh, Probably yeah. right to do so, to be honest. <laughs> yes. Though it is not normal, we would be happy to continue to discuss with you whilst Cantu makes arrangements. I don't know if we can, because we don't know who people who met Chinua, if they then spoke to other people and then they spoke to other people, we could all... Oh, as you sits down hard on the floor. Yeah, you, you, you look, you're right, but it's unlikely. But if, if we... Maybe we act now, we acted soon enough, and if we didn't, then whatever. There's nothing we could do about it, so... Let's just do what we can and see how it works. Is it possible that you yourselves could be carrying the malady? It's as possible as you lot now. And not from external sources. No, we've been basically quarantined for like, I don't know, weeks. We understand. Months. Over three weeks now since we took off. Yes, on some level, if people are travelling in groups, you have to... Hamid will spend a little time explaining the protocols that they've sure. been living under as best he can, given that he hasn't lived under them that long, but just to, to make sure that you yeah, know, yeah. the information without going into real detail. Shoshva takes a moment and looks to Sumudniel and sort of gives a small gesture, then sits 
Sumudnyal sits and seems very, very deep in thought. This is the one with the uh, shock of white hair. She seems very, very deep in thought, considering for a long time. Eventually she stands and looks at all of you. As we are not in formal council, you will forgive my informality. <laughs> of course. What you describe as a malady is known to us in some ways, though uh, not as a malady. What? Uh, Azu shoots up again. What do you mean? <laughs> it is hard to explain. It, it does not behave in the manner to which you describe, but your description of the blue veins, of the the behaving of one, it, it seems to, to my eye at least, she looks at the rest of the council who sort of give a, a mild nod, it, it seems to be a, a some kind of corruption of the Garden of Yellick. What's the Garden of Yellick? I, I've not heard of it behaving in this way, but certain... Similarities cannot be denied. I describe the seed that we're going to Svalbard to investigate. Does that mean anything to you? Oh, yes. I get the seed out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about that. They look at it. How did you come by this? Yeah, well... That's a long story. Um, May I hold it? I suppose so. You probably make more use of it than we can. She holds out her, her hand, um, which has a slight tremor to it, but she holds it out to uh, take the seed from you if you offer it. Yeah. She holds it in one hand and uh, closes her eyes for a moment, seems to mutter something, and then strokes her finger down it from one end to the other, and a small blue bloom <gasps> takes shape at the tip end of it. Um, uh, uh, should we be worried about that? She strokes her finger in the opposite direction and the bloom recedes back into the seed. This is a Yerlik seed, yes. Great. All right, so basically, probably what's happened is they took this thing, whatever it is, and changed it, manipulated it, to turn it into something that will... How long ago? This is the first time they've interrupted. How long ago did they make this change? How long ago is... How how old's the campaign, Alex? I ain't got a clue now. (laughs) (laughs) A little under two years, Mm. technically, in game time. Yeah, about that. It's time to take a break. Why don't we spend that break uh, explaining the entire plot of the campaign to these people? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome back. Summit Nyel takes a moment, sits heavily and then has another conversation with uh, the rest of the council. Unfortunately, you have very little insight into this conversation because we do not have Cantu (laughs) visually semaphoring every emotion (laughs) passing through their face. (laughs) But the discussion takes a while. And by a while, I mean, like, eventually, Wild, you know, 
starts up a side conversation effectively going this is new yep mm. yeah I'll tell you now at the risk of overshare this is not something anyone's talking about but it explains why it reminded me of, of a mushroom when I saw in the in Showin's thing room yeah yes like a plant yeah and it explains how it can get round well your supposed immunity Mm. Wild seems to have a almost inappropriate smile. I'd say everyone give me an ins- sense motive. Hey, <laughs> and sense motive. Look at me remembering the system we're playing. Right, I'm actually good at this, I think. 19. Um, 13. Bah. 11. Zolf 17. is going to get a bonus to this. Oh, okay. okay. Well, 17 plus whatever. Because your hearts are in tune. <laughs> in which case then I'd say Azu and Zolf actually Okay. it would be easy to misread this and I would say that to Sel and Hamid this is certainly a first takeaway that it would be easy to, to receive this as quite poorly this is someone smiling at although a revelation pretty big news or whatever for both Azu from just a place of perceptiveness and Zolf from a place of familiarity Zolf especially you just know this this will be the first real breakthrough Wild has had in a long time. Showin was clean up. Showin was chasing a dead lead. This is the first real lead that you've had that's like new information, completely hot off the press in like two, in well, like a year and a half. This is Wild effectively just being like, I was right. This is potentially yeah. a lifeline. Right? Mm-hmm. We're back yeah, on. Exactly. This is like mad they said i was mad to chase across the world <laughs> who's mad now but yeah whilst like this we can't pass this if we were traveling to svalbard to find out what the seed is and we found the source of the seed that's got to be a break right seems that way we'll need to find out what it does and yeah depends oh. on what the information we get about it is yeah but at least it's information and why chin was here too yeah, oh, well. I don't want to think about it. Oh, oh, I'm hoping Azu. Einstein, but it might be the cult. We don't have enough information either way. I give Azu a big hug. Aww. Azu's going to return the hug, obviously. Azu, is your... Like, is, is there... Is potent, I mean, I don't want to be tactless, but is your ex possibly chasing you because they are your ex? Or is, is it... Are they out to get you? Uh, yeah, is this... No. Are, they, are they gunning for you? No. Or, our, last, okay. our last letters were quite right. friendly. Oh no, maybe no, but we he knows he knows it's over. We just took we took different directions, like I Well he not oh, no oh, <laughs> Well uh, uh, yeah, oh Oh no. It's gonna be okay, as you You can't know that. Yeah, but we're saying it, aren't we? Come on. Like yes, no As <sighs> whatever happens, you've got us, right? You don't know it's bad. You fear it's bad, but you don't know it's bad. What he said. All we know is that someone has turned up mm-hmm. that we didn't expect mm. and that, thank, you know, the powers that be, that these people spotted them seemingly quickly and decided to keep them aside. From what I'm hearing is, if their turning up was an inevitability, you know, it could have gone a lot worse. But he shouldn't be involved in this. He should be... In his little house, making little vases. I don't think you get to decide what he should, or they. Is it a he? He. He. I don't think you get to decide what he should be doing, if, you know. Bearing in mind that, like, 
most of the European refugees went south. Oh, realistically, there's no way that you're... I'm sorry to say, there's no way that your village don't know what's happening by this point. They may not be, you know, heavily affected, but they'll know. It's a conflict that affects the whole world, a sort of a war of the whole world. So sticks up their hand and is like, we, we keep forgetting that there are several continents that, uh, well, uh, that, 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 as far as I know, have not yet been encompassed. So, like, yes, yes, eventually en- encompassed the whole world, but, like, but the, the world is extremely large. No, that's a fair mm. point. So, you've been in uh, the Americas and that. You heard of any of this Yerlik stuff? No, and it's probably, uh, I may be a lot less... Uh, helpful than maybe uh, appears because I, I I mostly was uh, involved uh, with my my father's people who who, who was actually uh, uh, English and with a lot of things that happened I, I wasn't uh, a lot of the final few years that I was there I was traveling somewhat so if there if there had been if this is deep magical knowledge I, I wouldn't necessarily have gained that while I was growing up because that was not what our town was really focused on but also uh, when I left there or when it when it wasn't um, I mean cell uh, uh, is, is babbling slightly and and then uh, after that I was traveling on the on the ship um, with uh, and then I Barnes puts his hand on cell's shoulder it's fine. It's okay not to know. I, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I, I could have, I could have researched more, but it's not really my area of uh, expert. That's all right. Um, it's okay. Well, that's why we were going to Svalbard. Yeah. You can't be an expert in everything. Well, yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be an expert on everything yet. Yeah. At which point, Sumudnyel stands again. We offer you an invitation. We would never normally offer that we might share our knowledge to deal with this malady you you describe and at the same time better understand the the, the sickness within the Garden of Yerlik. Thank you. If you are willing, we would bring you on a journey to the Garden that you might see and so understand Yes. that we can talk in this way. Yes. Please, yes. If it will help us in our quest, we'd be honoured and, and grateful. With Sora's permission, Sora gives a nod. I would ask that you... We, we could not take all of you. How many? The journey is uh, less than a day by, by flight. We, we could take four, perhaps five of you. I can fly um, myself if it's only for an, you know, for, an, for an hour and then I need like an hour break and then, and then another... And then... A generous gift, but the journey is, is though less than a day, longer than, than this. We would ask you to pick four, perhaps five people to make the journey with us that we might show you. Easy enough. Us four, a point at, point at the PCs. And yeah. Thank you! <laughs> if you'd have sat there and gone, no, right, obviously right. not. Barnes thingy, well, blah, blah. Well, it should blah. actually <laughs> be Wild and Earhart, Carter and Barnes and Zolf. Those have been the ones that have been fighting together for, yeah. Please don't do that not to me. Please don't. Hard, Please don't do that to me. Yeah. At some point, this campaign is just going to deteriorate to me sat in a soundproof room talking to myself and recording it's okay. it. Like, it's okay. I mean, like Magnus no, no. does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't want to do that. I already do We're that. We're back to the PCs and our handler. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank you for saving me from myself. <laughs> Very well. Given the, the pressing nature of this, uh, we would ask if you can ready yourselves. I will be setting off immediately. Sorry. Uh, y- yes, uh, Azu, are you okay with this? I don't know, like with... Uh, yes. Okay, right. Yes. 
just for a moment. And Azu's going to go and say goodbye to Kiko and try to, like... I mean, I assume Kiko's, like, heard all of this, so... Oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Kiko, Kiko's deliberately doing what Kiko does, which is staying quiet to get a better lay of the land, because this is a group of people who like to talk a lot, <laughs> and so listening is a very valuable skill to have. Okay. Kiko's there and just says, it's fine, you've got this. Where am I going to go? I, well, yeah, but I'm going... Oh, you're fine, look at you. You're the biggest badass I ever met. Oh! Ooh. Yeah. Oh. And I grew up on stories of her pointing to Earhart. Helen's face is constantly so adorable, and I just <laughs> wish our listeners could see what we get to see. <laughs> just while I have you, though, um, do I need to worry about this Chinhua person? No, no, we're just friends now. We were going to be married once, but not, but not anymore, obviously. But I'll try not to fall out of the... Oh... We'll take care of everyone. Yeah, of course. Because you you also have a badass. (laughs) 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 There's a bomb and that bomb is dead ass. Woo! (laughs) Kiki raises an eyebrow, gives you a quick quick kiss and then basically shoves you to like, go on, get on with you. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. Which I assume mainly consists of her shoving herself back on Azu. (laughs) (laughs) Hamid would like to have a very quick chat with Skrark. Yeah. Skrark, I mean, between the two of us, we probably weigh about the same as a other person. If you want to come <laughs> with us, I might be able to ask, but I don't know how much this quest means to you. And I know you said you're here for, to gather information from your people. It seems to me that you could have a pretty good opportunity to learn from our hosts. What do you think? I'd, I'd normally send one of the others, but... Uh... You know, out come the wings. Yeah. Might make a bit more sense to go myself. Uh, yeah, if you'd ask. No, you know what? I'll ask. I want to go <laughs> as well. Summit Newell takes a moment. I'll repeat the, my point from just now to, to, to our host, which is I mean, the two of us together, we're not, you know, if it's five people, we're, depending on the calculation, as it were. I'm not as young as I once was, but. You are not sizable. Uh, <laughs> this, this should be fine. In which case, if if we are agreed, if you can ready yourself for a, uh, a day's journey, you will not be. You will be cold. <laughs> Very cold. Yep. Well, I, I mean, I can take care of that. Oh yes. Oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> okay, who wants to cast endure elements on us all? <laughs> I mean. I don't have to prepare spells, so I can just do it without having to worry about oh, I'm, other you things. You will forgive me if I ask for some privacy whilst I make my own Of, of course. Uh, I'm assuming that everyone heads out of the uh, the conical build and off the bears, gently vibrating <laughs> yes. uh, back and back up onto the foundations of the town. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be saying that I sort of canonically forgot to re-prepare spells. <laughs> I can't be asked, and I'll do it later. <laughs> God. Mate, I've got like 20 spells I need to reselect every day. I can't hear you over an entire city full of people. <laughs> <laughs> I will cast Injure Elements six times. Uh, you don't need to do it on the cell because uh, they can do it on themselves. I will cast Injure Elements five times. Yeah, because their spell, that basically, that. Their spells only work for them, so they might as well use up. Yep, yep. Mm. Yeah. 
Azu can cast Endure Elements on herself as well, but she'll let Hamid do it. You have the time to make whatever preparations that you desire for the journey. I'm assuming Endure Elements straight out the gate. Is there any further long-term spell casting you would like to do prior to your journey? No. Okay. In which case then, after a little period of time, outstep both Sora and Sumudnyil. Sora seems very much... Though there's no, like, determined regalia where it's like, you know, there's no stripes or colouring or differences, really. Sora very much seems to be a step behind Sumutnil, um at all times. And uh, Sumutnil starts to speak. Myself and uh, Sora will be transporting you. To make this distance, it is, it's going to be easier to do so as, um, well, as eagles. <laughs> we would ask one last thing of you before we depart which is that what we are to share with you is not to be shared with others. Um, you may share it with your crew, given the situation, but we would ask we would ask a level of secrecy as this... The place where the Resurrections was not hallowed, this is. Makes sense. The whole situation down south is entirely because somebody couldn't keep a secret. So we understand the importance. We thank you. Very well. Please step back and do not be alarmed. Basically, unsurprisingly... <sighs> Both Sora and uh, Sumutnyo transform into full-blown eagles of the of the very very large variety. Sumutnyo is pure white. Think sort of like the whitest bits of snow eagle type deal, like end to end. Sora is as described before. They then very very carefully settle themselves and basically lay themselves out in such a way that they're kind of gesturing with a claw, which is. I'm just going to have to say it. You're going to get picked up with claws. Like, this is how this is going to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're being very careful about it, but it's not like a, a, a sack is brought. They're just like, you know, claws, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that everyone just is okay with this. Yeah. yeah. We'll make yep. it work. Mm. Sure. In which case, then, you're immediately lifted straight off from the open area that the conical structure is uh, within. And for the first time, really, even including the crane, you didn't get that elevation. As you leap up into the sky, you first you get your first proper view of where you've been. Mm. Which is, as your vertical distance increases and you pull away from, well, the bear, uh, firstly you see the town stretching out as a very, very, you know, dense, overlapping, layered structure but it becomes very clear to you that you can see that there is a slight curvature to the town and with that curvature there are large the best way to describe it is again sort of crane think like freight transport type things in the corners and the edges and enormous massive pulley systems of huge threaded rope and it looks like effectively this large curved foundation is genuinely sat upon the back of the largest (laughs) absolutely largest bear you can imagine in terms of um, scale it already starts to break your sense of scale like you stop being able to see people in the town as you start being able to see the whole creature it is walking very slowly and very carefully picking itself along the ground it turns its head really slowly and then turns itself back the best description is it doesn't appear to just be a large creature. It seems to genuinely be moving very slowly for a larger creature. It seems quite older as well. There's the sense of age there. You know, there's a certain grizzling to the snout and so on. But the town itself, once you've taken into the full scale, this really isn't a huge 
weight on the back of it like the bear is massive and there is a comparatively smaller space upon its back which is the uh which is the town proper there appears to be towards the front of the town closer towards the the neck the sort of nape of the the bear where there's a sort of big shaggy fur there appears to be almost like a, a gatehouse with a long bridge leading out over the neck to a smaller gatehouse towards the um the skull of the bear and everyone give me a perception check Ooh. 22 17 29 31 cell and zolf only as you're looking at first it appears to be an optical illusion you get the distinct sense that there has always been a small amount of you know borealis towards the edges maybe i don't mean a thick wall but you know there's always been elements of it it is clear to your eye though it takes a little moment for you to first notice it that it is being drawn towards the bear ever so slightly and i don't mean just on mass i mean think if you were to take a big like uh, cotton not cotton wool a large uh, candy floss mm. and you were to take out a single mm. strand and it sort of makes that long thin it seems to be being drawn in towards the um towards the bear mm-hmm. and that weather pattern that you were seeing hamid earlier sorry azu earlier is a lot more apparent yeah there is a a weird dead zone around this enormous creature that effectively seems to be some kind of localized weather some kind of localized effect however as you start flying you start leaving this area of localized um yeah localized weather and the first thing that you start to notice is the eagle's flight where at first it was straight starts to take these dips and these sweeps and these dives and you all start to realize that what they're doing is they're getting ahead of curls of borealis and things like that where they're deliberately picking and plotting a route to navigate around it to be clear it doesn't seem like they are just beelining in one direction it really does seem to be that they are picking a route and it become and it is is very obvious that there's a reason that this is a uh, this is a day's journey it's not because it's a day away it's because you're having to do a certain amount of like doubling back and so on the fact that they can fly with wing beats instead of a vehicle you would not be able to replicate this journey in an airship like that cell to your eye no one could it's there's a material limitation here you can't get that kind of maneuverability and you would have just been plowing through banks of uh, borealis which is what got you in this mess to a degree in the first (laughs) place i think so would also realize that they would not be able to fly this well like oh yeah like 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 proper beast mode like lovely big (laughs) bat wings and wood yeah they are not as skilled as these lifelong eagle flyers they do seem to be heading broadly south again rather than north however they seem to be heading towards the southwest there are moments where like there's a gentle like movement in the claws where they may be shuffling you all around a bit make things a bit more comfy or make things a bit easier and so on but it's almost hypnotic it's just that constant of the slow wing beat and again and yeah the, the land just unrolls underneath you it's very clear that you are heading towards a more mountainous region from where you were from this vantage point it's clear that you must have landed comparatively near to some basically foothills Mm -hmm. and that you are heading straight into the most mountainous region that it can get to the day wears on and the day wears on we pass midday with them still flying along and just slowly beating on eventually you manage to pass through the sort of borealis that was kicking around whether that's broadly true or not you, you're past whatever need they had for swerving around and it does settle down into something a lot more rhythmic finally i would say as the afternoon wears on 
you're not facing sunset yet, but it's certainly apparent that you are going to be arriving and there when it's getting dark. The mountains have been growing steeper. They've been going more precipitous. They've been growing increasingly weather-beaten and weather-worn, craggy. If any of you know what I mean by, like, ice age geography, sharp, sharp rocks, Mm. thick, chunky bits that have fallen off, sheer cliffs. This is a landscape... Yeah, this is a landscape that has been chewed by the movements of continents and the movements of time. Yeah. And the weather itself around you is getting significantly more, like, blustery, a lot more flurries of of, uh, snow and so on. And then as you could progress, you notice a speck of pure blue just beyond an upcoming peak. Hmm. And as you draw nearer that blue, this isn't the blue of ice. We're talking like like an aquamarine blue, vivid, lurid. Hmm. It is clearly not of the mountain. It is something upon it. And as the eagles swing round this uh, nearest mountain, you're exposed to... I've forgotten the word for it. Not a caldera. It is the one where you have a, a, a natural valley, but between multiple peaks. So it's not a it's not a trough valley. It's a, it's more like a, a bowl. I don't know how to describe it. I've forgotten no, the word. No, I didn't. Bowl valley. I, I always know them from hiking as cauldrons. Like, you know, you hike around this cauldron or that cauldron, whatever basically a large bowl valley let's call it which is absolutely full of large bright blue flowering trees and by large at first you're like oh we're nearer than we thought oh no these are massive these are enormous trees and that lurid blue seems to be the blue of some petals which are coming loose from the trees themselves and are sweeping out across the the mountainside and and being basically sprayed up almost one mountainside where the wind is blowing them into the the snow where they they are being held. The eagles come lower and start coming in slower and uh, finally they, you know, a rapid increase of wing beats and they they settle upon a um, a sharp cliff overlooking this large, not orchard, uh, wood, basically. (laughs) This this large flowering wood the plants do not look like they belong here these are flowering plants that look like they belong in some temperate climate a thousand miles south of here but they are all over the cauldron and they are in full bloom but as you look as you notice you see that there is a portion of dead plants towards the center of this uh, area and it is not a perfect circle or anything like that it's not that something's landed there appears to be a, a spreading sickness within the plants that are originating in the centre. Behind you, uh, Sumut Njöl and Sora transform back, and uh, Sumut Njöl steps forward and goes, this malady that you see is what began at the times that you say you first became aware of your malady, and this this is the garden of uh, of Jölik. This is the, the garden where one can follow the path from life to death and back. And I'm going to end the episode wow. there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my You're God. You're just sitting here open-mouthed. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, like well, how do you People react? keep saying they want law. There <laughs> no, you go. This is awesome. Yeah. This, is awesome. This, is, this is, to my eye, this is all perfectly transparent. <laughs> all the mysteries are solved. I could basically end the campaign here because it's just a clear, <laughs> straight Alex, run, Alex, right? Alex, Alex, Alex. The, campa- the name of the campaign is Erasing the Line. Yeah. Is that the line between life and death? Bryn, if you for a moment think <laughs> that I would limit myself reason. to merely <laughs> yeah. one interpretation of a title, 
<laughs> Goodness. Fair. Come on, man. Some proper high fantasy here. Yeah, it's been ages. Yeah. I've been building to it for ages. I had to get you to the edge of the world, but there you go. Ha! I knew we could do it. How long do we have to wait for our next recording? I want to know what happened. I want to know more, Alex. I need more lore. Uh, Tough. You can wait a couple of months like everyone else, Ah. right? (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.